Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be all across this amazing planet. Welcome, one and all, to CourtsideHeat.com, CourtsideHeat.com, the podcast. Coming to you live this Monday, September 21st, 2020, and 2020 is not over yet, but none of that matters right now. We are going to welcome in the master of ceremonies, the man that knows things, all things hardwood. He was dribbling even when he was in a diaper. The man, the myth, the legend, the man that Adrian Wojnarowski only dreams that he could be. I'm with Josh. Josh, how are you, pal? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am doing absolutely fantabulous. And people, can you believe it? We are actually recording ahead of schedule. We really are. This is amazing. This is really amazing. We've never done this before. Anyway, that probably means that you know we'll take the next six months off. Bye! Please, <laughs> we're here right now. Right here, right now. Uh, we are killing it. We got bunches of stuff to catch up on. News, notes, comings, goings, games, all that kind of good stuff. But you guys know the deal. Before we even jump into today's topics, let's talk a little courtside heat. Courtside heat. Courtside heat. No, listen, guys, right now is it's never been a better time to be a basketball fan. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Football, schmuckball, uh, people are going crazy over the NBA. You guys know that you can get all your news at courtsideheat.com. You can follow us on Twitter at courtsideheat, on Facebook at courtsideheat. On Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, right? Courtside Heat. And then, of course, Instagram has to be difficult. And that's, it's on Instagram, Instagram.com forward slash Courtside Heat NBA. Courtside Heat NBA on Instagram and on, on YouTube, the YouTubler. We are Courtside Heat. Yes. So YouTube.com forward slash Courtside Heat and soon to be Rumble. So very cool stuff. We're excited about that. And if you didn't know it, if you haven't been to CourtsideHeat.com forward slash store or on the Macari store, things are selling literally within minutes. Uh, what was it that sold within literally one minute of you listing it? I believe it was the complete set of the 1990 All-Star team. Yeah, so the FLIR cards, the FLIR trading cards, of uh, the All-Star team that year, it was a set of 10 or 12? 12. 12. Yeah, a set of 12. We had a little Jordan in there. We had a little Magic in there. We had a little Bird in there. Uh, so obviously we had some Hall of Fame guys. Uh, you sold that for how much? $15 free shipping. $15 and free shipping for the complete set of the 1990 Fleer NBA All-Star Team. And here's the deal. It literally sold within a minute. I'll tell you who's hot right now. Patrick Ewing, starting lineup figures, hot. Uh, but look, on the last podcast, we talked about big stuff coming to the store. 
big stuff is coming to the store. It's there. It's in Josh's possession. It's going to be something over... Well, it's not going to be 320 items because he's not going to list them individually like the Fleer All-Star set. But, man, we got a rookie uh, set right now. What year is that? Uh, I believe 1990. 1990. Probably before most of you boners were even born out there. We got cards of, of that age. We got big stuff happening. Makari, uh, check out Quartzite Heat. Uh, I, I don't really know. Uh, Makari can be very difficult. Uh, here's what I always tell, uh, or the easiest one right now. If you go into if you go into Makari.com, M-E-R-C-A-R-I.com, you put in Jamal Murray Rookie Card. We got it up there for $15 free shipping or no? Yes, I believe so. $15 free shipping. But more importantly, once you find the Jamal Murray card, what you're going to find is if you scroll down, you'll see Courtside Heat. Click on that, and you will see all of said listings. And then slowly but surely, everything gets onto the website, courtsideheat.com forward slash store. But let's break into it. Topic number one of the day, this day in NBA history. Lay it on them. Oh, man, I'm so excited for this because today is September 21st, which means back in 1991, the Dream Team officially forms. And for people that do not know who the Dream, Dream Team are, that is when the U.S. First of all, yeah. if you don't know who the Dream Team is, <laughs> um, delete your social media channels, unfollow us, uh, get off the internet. Stop watching basketball. You you have no reason left. Go ahead. Yeah, the Dream Team is amazing. I, you need to know it. But basically, this is when the USA basketball team announced that the Dream Team was going to be for the 1992 Olympics, which consisted of like Charles Barkley, Larry Bird, Patrick Ewan, Maddie Johnson, Michael Jordan, Carl Malone, Chris Mullen, Scottie Pippen, David Robinson, and John Stockton. But more importantly... More importantly to me, later on, the greatest college basketball player, Christian Leitner, was named to the team, and Clyde the Glide Drexler were named to the team on May 12th and 92. But yeah, I mean, what? look, uh, what a historic time. Look, the U.S. was getting spanked in the world um, on the world stage because our college guys were essentially playing up against Greek professionals and Israeli professionals and Argentinian professionals and Brazilian uh, professionals and whatnot. We had enough and we were like, good. In fact, what was so funny about the whole Dream Team, they said the best games were the pickup games during practice of the Dream Team because those guys went up each up against each other hard. And could you imagine being Christian Leitner, right? Two-time national championship winner at Duke. You're going to be, I think, the third overall pick. I know he went to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, out of college. Here you are. Going to Barcelona. Going to be a member of the Dream Team. And oh, by the way, here's Barkley. Here's Bird. Here's Ewing. Here's Magic. Here's Jordan. Here's Malone. Chris Mullen. <coughs> <coughs> Pips, David Robinson, the Admiral in Stockton. I mean, are, are you kidding me? Could you imagine walking into that gym, just taking a deep breath and saying, you know, let her rip, Tater Chip. I mean, this is, you know, you find out pretty quickly 
you know, what you're made of. So this day in NBA history is pretty cool. Yeah, sure, guys. That is the ultimate dream team. You pretty much say, here's all the greats, match them in the one team, and boom, explosion. Yeah, I and mean, it's really kind of gone on ever since. We've dominated the world stage ever since, and it, it probably should be that way. So, yeah, right on. This day in NBA history, the dream team formed September 21st, 1991. Topic number two, dos. Some breaking news across the league. Break it down for them. Okay, so off the bat, Daryl Morey will return as the Rockets GM next season and will help pick out the next head coach for the Rockets. Yeah, this makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels, right? I mean, Daryl Morey, the last 10 years, Rockets have, have made the playoffs. They've made some deep runs. He's basically doing all that he can. Yeah, he's handcuffed the franchise and you know, from a salary cap perspective. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, look, Daryl Morey is good for the NBA. He's good for the Rockets. Um, you know, there was a little chatter that we mentioned on the last podcast that uh, maybe the ownership group over at the 76ers were, were um, having some conversations of bringing him in as a different executive-level position to help another Dookie, Elton Brand, the GM for the team. Uh, but it looks like Daryl Morey set to return. Okay, so next up, we finally get official NBA draft day, which will be for November 18th. Yeah, November 18th, it looks like, if I recall correctly, it's going to be at the Barclays Center. It's going to be a little bit different because everybody's still pretending, uh, you know, with COVID and all of that. But with all the COVID delays, that should give the draft prospects a, enough time. I don't know if they're going to do a Vegas uh, league this year or not, even for a few weeks. It looks like the NBA may be set to tip off next year uh, make on um, Christmas Day. You know, we'll see. But the draft day is official, and there's a lot of nervous guys. I mean, right now, these guys would be preparing to go to, you know, the team that drafted them. So a lot of these guys out there uh, in college, very nervous still, waiting, watching the NBA Finals, just like the rest of us. November 18th, you draft Knicks. Put it on your schedule. Okay, and finally, finally, the last piece of breaking news across the league will be that Nuggets' Will Barn is unlikely to return the Western Conference Finals due to a lagging right knee injury. Man, that is uh, really bad to hear, If and I would feel really upset if I had any clue who Will Barton was. Yeah, I heard him before, but it's not like a big name that I should be worried about if he's out or not. So that shows you how desperate... Some of the NBA folks out there are trying to come up with information. If Will Barton is uh, is leading uh, is kind of leading things right now as far as uh, the news cycle, so <laughs> yeah, no, look, get well, Will Barton, whoever you are. I'm sure that you're going to make millions of dollars for doing absolutely nothing. Topic number three: Giannis. Giannis, 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 who cares? Uh, wins MVP. LeBron is upset. Should the results been that of a landslide? Josh, what do you think? I don't think so. I think Giannis was the better. I predicted from the beginning that Giannis was going to win MVP because he just looked better. He didn't need AD. He didn't need a second megastar. Yes, he did. He's sitting at home watching LeBron play in the finals. Just saying. Do you think Giannis would rather have MVP or be uh, competing in the Eastern Conference to go to the NBA Finals? Probably the Eastern Conference. Of course. 
But still, on like terms of MVP, I think it shows that Giannis is MVP quality. He's material. He's shown that back-to-back -back years, and I think that's why he won 85 of the 101 votes. Yeah, so the final voting for first place, 85 out of the 101 votes went to Giannis. The final voting for, for you know, first place was, you know, 16 out of 100 for LeBron. Should the voting been a little bit closer? I think it should have been, because LeBron's such a great player. He's been doing great things. He's been keeping up, trying to turn around this Lakers team. I think it should have been a little close. I don't think it should have been such a alliance side. Yeah, I, I think what's happening with LeBron is the same thing that happened with Jordan. I'm not comparing the two, but I'm going to compare the two of them in this sense. There's Jordan fatigue. That the years that Jordan played, you could write his name in for MVP at the start of any season, and you would be right. Um, so what happens is we uh, take for granted the greatness of a player because we've seen them for so long. Giannis is, is the new car off the showroom floor, right? And we have fallen in love with this car. We forget about this sports car that we've had for 18 years in LeBron. Forget the politics. Forget the person. Look at the player. And this player is still in a lead play. It's, it's, to me, it's the Jordan fatigue that people have gotten used to LeBron. And they got, they've gotten used to the success of LeBron. And they're taking that for granted. So should it have been a little bit closer? I mean, look... I, Quite on, probably a little bit, but I understand the sentiment of Giannis out there. I understand, uh, you know, where they're going, what they're doing, and all that kind of stuff. So, look, congratulations to Giannis. This will not be his last MVP by any stretch of the imagination, but if his greatness continues at this elevation that uh, that we're seeing right now, here's what we're going to have. We're going to have Giannis fatigue in years to come because he's going to be so great for so long that people are going to take it for granted, and they're looking for that new shiny toy in the storeroom window. Just one man's opinion. Yeah, and where he's going, he might just keep winning MVP each and every single year until someone stops him. Yeah, no, he won't. <laughs> Topic number four. Has the momentum switched between the Celtics and the Heat? It To me, it looks that way. The Celtics, ever since getting back, Goran Hayward is pulling a better showing. And, but really, after Game 2, when reports come out that Celtics leaders were having late-night conversations because he arguments came out after Game 2, I think that's when we flipped the switch. I think that's when the Celtics are really focused and honed in. It's when those heated arguments came and when Goran Hayward came back. Yeah, look, I, he may have played a role. I really don't know what his stat sheet was. Uh, you know, uh, there was heated conversations and arguments and yelling and screaming. Look, a first of all, that happens in M every NBA locker room, uh, literally, um, uh, probably on a nightly basis. But the bottom line is, is what makes the Celtics so successful and Brad Stevens' offense so successful is the ability to be in rhythm, distribute the ball, and the fact of the matter is when you look at the stats and you look at who's taking shots, the Celtics are playing selfishly, even, even 
in the game that they won. Case in point, uh, with less than 10 seconds left to go, <laughs> I don't know how the, the Celtics were blowing the lead. Uh, they get along a little bit of a break. Instead of draining the clock, right, what does Marcus Smart do? He drives to the lane. He got a foul. Thank goodness he did because that foul bailed him out of a bad situation, not heady basketball, a bad shot that could have really, really been a disaster, not only for this series, but this core group, the franchise in general, and kind of frightening. What these guys are doing is they're playing hero ball right now. They're playing selfish basketball. we got to get back to what makes the Celtics so good. But it was nice to see. I believe we had a Jason Tatum appearance. We really did. He finally got back to his form. Had a double-double, 25 points and 14 rebounds. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a great stat line. Uh, but a lively Jason Tatum I mean that's your leader of the locker room. It, it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be Marcus Smart. It shouldn't be Gordon Hayward. It shouldn't be Jalen Brown. The voice, the leader, should be the captain of that team. It's Jason Tatum. Everything should run through him. The office should uh, offense should start and end with him. He's the one that should be dictating out the plays. Um, right there, kind of one B is Kemba Walker. He's the veteran in the room. That's where everything should go through. I, Marcus Smart is a great defensive player, but he's not the one that should be toting the rock from anywhere. Jalen Brown, look, you're a freak athletically, but you're not Jason Tatum, and you're certainly not Kemba Walker. Know your role. Shut your hole. Let the offense go through Kemba and Tatum, and I think it's going to be a big deal. What can we expect from, from Hayward moving forward? I think right from Hayward, I think... When he returned to that game, something matched. I think he was going that team back together, and I think moving forward onto the series, I think he's going to play a significant role, a big part on how this Celtics team operates. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a facilitator. He opens up the court, right? If he plants himself in the corner, uh, he's obviously a three-ball threat, which opens up the lane, which gives more driving opportunities which opens it up for, for Kemba, Rook, who still, he's not 100%. I don't know what that wheel is at, but he's not at 100%. But it does spread the court a little bit more because you got a sharpshooter. He obviously isn't at 100%, but it's opening up the lane a little bit more for Tatum. I mean, so the question has to be asked. Have the Celtics flipped the switch on the Heat? What do you think, Josh? I think so. I think going into Game 4... I think they're going to come out with the win. I really do think so. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. Um, you know, there are ebbs and flows. I mean, you you look at the you look at these putzes that do these daily sports programs and and their hot takes and this that and the other thing. You know, I don't know. Um, there was nothing. There was not a moment in that game, even with that big lead, that you felt like the Celtics had everything in tow. Right, that you felt like they were in total command. You almost felt like the Heat were going to make a run. As as unrealistic as it may have felt by looking at the score, it just doesn't. It didn't feel like the Celtics had that dagger moment. It felt like they took their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, began to coast. You can't do that with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is not going to coast. He's not going to coast on a Tuesday in November, and he's certainly not going to coast at any point during the Eastern Conference Final. I'm not convinced that anything's been switched. <coughs> any flip 
any switch has been flipped, right? Game four is obviously always the biggest uh, game of the series, regardless, right? Yeah, I we'll see. Yeah, because I think in order to prove themselves that things been flipped, I think that um, the Celtics need to win the next game. I think that has to be so important for them because if they don't, then you're going to have to go down 3-1 and make things tough on you. Well, I mean, it's beyond that. I mean, look, it's not about flipping the script. It's not about momentum. Um, that's you know, the NBA Finals can play on that a little bit, uh, but the truth of the matter is, especially this year, no fans, no travel, no fatigue from a long season. It's harder to gauge. This is more about execution. The same thing in the NFL. I mean, last night, right, Sunday night football, you had the Seahawks uh, versus the Patriots. And without that 12th man being there and being backed up on the 10-yard line and, and all of that playing a role, it becomes down to the, the team that executes more, right? Same sort of thing here. No long season fatigue, uh, no travel, no fans. This is going to become down to execution, which goes back to my point about playing selfishly and not playing selfishly. And Boy, I tell you what, it's never a good idea to drink Rockstar when um, you're going to do a lot of talking because um, I, he better not edit out all the belches because, you know, deal with it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that's enough. Look, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to the game. I'm going to look forward to what happens. But, yeah, we're going we're gonna to jump in. So before we, we jump into the Nuggets versus Lakers, I have an interesting off-topic topic that I want to broach with you. So, topic number cinco for all of our fans south of the border, Kevin Durant. Uh, Steve Nash came out this week. Uh, he's got a plan for Kevin Durant this upcoming season. And uh, it's an interesting plan, which actually made me think of something. Uh, uh, he said Durant's going to play all five positions. And I thought to myself, um, I always thought he did. Right? And so here's what I mean by that. The common day NBA um, positions have really gone by the wayside, right? So here's what I mean. Uh, back in the 80s and early 90s, when you looked at the Lakers, right, you had Byron Scott and Magic Johnson, right? Michael Cooper playing three. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was your center. Patrick Ewing was a center. Shaquille O'Neal was a center. Yao Ming was a center. Bill Cartwright, you know what I mean, for the Bulls was a center, right? You had very defined Rick Smiths of the Indiana Pacers was a center, right? Uh, so you, you had very defined roles. Mark Eaton for the Utah Jazz was a center. Uh, James, Edwards for the, James Edwards for the Detroit Pistons was a center. Alonzo Mourning with the Charlotte Hornets, you know, the whole thing. So... It's kind of funny because when they come out with the first all-NBA teams and starting at center, there's really no true centers anymore, right? If Giannis wants to, he can. That's why they start calling things point forward, right? Because of LeBron, uh, because of Magic. I mean, Magic could play all five positions back in the day if he wanted to, although it was more defined back then. The same could have been with Larry. Everybody knew Robert Parrish was the center, the prototypical center. But if Larry had to play center, guess what? Bird played center. And so it, it's just different now. Ever since, you know, Shaq Diesel kind of went away, where's today's center? DeAndre Ayton in Phoenix? 
you know, that's why a lot of people were struggling with that pick was, you know, you got Luka on the board. Nobody knew exactly what Luka was going to be. You got to have the right coach, the right situation, the right organization, the right uh, mindset. But the only knock on the Suns was, is this the current NBA? What do you think? I think you're right. I think that positions have changed. Like, there's no defined um, position anymore. So I think all, with all these players, they're just choosing a position. Like, whatever works best fits an NBA team. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, name any of the four centers that are playing in the conference finals. That's what I mean. That's right? really tough. No, that's what I mean. Because none of these guys are true centers. I mean, is the center going to come back? I don't know. I mean, look, I mean, you got you got Dirk Nowitzki, seven foot. He's raining down threes. I mean, Kevin Durant, his body, right, the slightness of his body, he's not slight like what he was at Texas when he played. He's filled out nicely. By height, 20 years ago, he would have been in center. I mean, John Wooden would have killed him at UCLA if, you know, he took, he took a shot outside the key, right? It's a different mindset. But it was kind of funny because when Steve Nash said, I'm going to play... Durant at all five positions, and I'm like, this isn't breaking news. I mean, LeBron can play all five positions easily, easily. <laughs> he's got the body, he's got the move, he's got he can play all five positions easily. Yeah, the point guard is slightly more defined, right? A shooting Steph Curry can't play all five positions, right? Devin Booker can't play all five positions. Jamal Murray can't play all five positions. I get all that. Kyrie Irving can't play all five positions. But the truth of the matter is, Kyrie Irving, although a point guard, is a great spot-up shooter. He's a great in-rhythm shooter. So if Durant, for you know a five-seven-minute <coughs> five, period of the game, is toting the rock the whole time, uh, Kyrie would make a great shooting guard. So, I mean, positions are so different. I know we're going off topic because we're kind of drilling down the games, but I thought to myself when I... When I saw that piece from Nash, I'm like, I'm like, you know, Nash, great point guard, right? I mean, it's smart, but this isn't something new. Because when you have a dominant man that's a huge matchup problem, like a seven-foot guy who, we'll see if he's lost a step. Who knows, right? We don't right. know with the Achilles. Um, he can play five positions. He should play five positions and kind of take it from there. Uh, the, the other thing uh, that I want to point out real quick uh, before we jump into, you know, Lakers talk, is uh, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, uh, kind of a follow-up for our last podcast, this is not Chris Paul's last season in OKC. He's got two years left, uh, 41 and $42 million, respectfully. Now, guys, here's the deal about the NBA. The Knicks just can't call up Oklahoma City and say, I'll give you, um, you know, John Smith, and a first-round pick for Chris Paul. The difference in the NBA, unlike a whole a lot of other sports, is it's got to be for a salary-for-salary salary swap, and that's really difficult, right? A player for Chris Paul, now he may emerge out of New York. I don't know their cap situation, their expiring contracts, and what may appeal to OKC, but he's still got two years, 80-some-odd million. He's a, great, he's a great veteran in the locker room. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull other people in to play alongside Chris Paul. I don't know if they can shed, you know, the salary and do that whole thing. I just spittle on you. Yeah, I just a little bit. So I fired up about Chris Paul and a spittle flying everywhere. Sorry about that. Guy. Guy. But yeah, two years left. 
Uh, but I just want to make the point because we may have alluded this was his last season. It's not his last season. He's under contract with OKC for two more years, depending upon who the, the next head coach is. It'll be pretty interesting. Uh, but I also wanted to throw that out there because you got to match it up. If you're moving 80 million, you got to bring 80 million in. And how is that done? And that's really kind of what it comes down to. So I want to throw that out there. Anything on Chris Paul you wanted to add into that? Um, no, not really. I think I think Chris Paul. Next season's going to be great OKC. He fit. He was the focus point leader. He knew how to command that team. Chris Paul, 35, if he retired today, Hall of Famer. Oh, boy. That is really difficult. I think so. I, I think he's good, not great. I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy, but I have to look at the numbers a little bit more. Yeah, me too. Because it's like, it's hard to gauge right now. If he played me like another five years. No, that's not going to happen. I think I think well, you just said he's a Hall of Famer, so then when are you talking about playing five more years? Well, like what you're saying about staying at the numbers, I think if he plays five more years, I think he has great numbers. Everything else rolls from solidifies it. I think he could be a Hall of Famer at forty. We'll see. We'll see. Just uh, just an interesting topic. We'll get into that in the NBA offseason, looking at guys that are on the brink of retirement. Going down the road, who could potentially be a Hall of Famer and who is not. Let's go to topic number six. That's six, you nitwits. Topic number six. Can the Nuggets come back before it's too late versus the Lake Show? Oh, boy. Um, the Nuggets. Okay, so one nothing, you have a chance. Now it's 2-0 and you're losing to the Lakers. The Lakers have been fighting rhythm against the Nuggets. Um, as we know, AD has been dominating. It doesn't matter if you put Jokic against them. It doesn't matter. LeBron's been picking apart by dunking, passing, or doing all that stuff. I think the Nuggets can't come back. I think they're too far off now. No, you know what? I, th I still think it's a game, right? Um, they used to say it's never a series until somebody loses on their home court. That's certainly not going to be it this year. And for all you jokers out there just trashing Mason Plumley on his uh, last second defense on AD, okay, he's not, you know, covering, you know, Bob the Plumber or any of you putzes making your comments because Mason Plumley would own you on any blacktop anywhere in the country. Since we're talking about real NBA players, not social media warriors, Mason Plumley on AD, are you kidding me? Who can cover AD? LeBron, okay, but that's not going to happen, obviously, so back off. It was a clutch three-pointer, um, not necessarily what you always expect from AD uh, in terms of, of the long ball. It's there, it's in him, I just, we weren't expecting it, but uh, let's let's give Mason Plumlee a little, bit of a, a little bit of a break. Yeah, they're a little rhythm, right? I mean, LeBron, uh, right now, he's not filling the stat sheet, but man, he's coming up with some great passes, he's spreading the court, he's making things happen, I mean, that's been... LeBron's career. He's just different than Jordan. He's a pass-first type of guy. I think he recognizes that he doesn't need to go all LeBron Jordan in this series, right, for them to win. He could be a facilitator. Uh, they got the matchups that they want, and, and I think they can get the job done. You have an interesting little fact about jerseys, Josh. Oh, yeah. So, I was reading this. I seen it was Tara a few days ago. Whenever it was, I saw that the Black Mamba jerseys that the Celt uh, that the Lakers are wearing are undefeated. And funny thing is, when AD hit the clutch free pointer, I believe that was when they were in the Mamba jerseys. Yeah, look, I mean, 
if that's true, because uh, facts are sure to go wrong with Josh. Chances uh -huh. are they, they're probably not true. But how cool, right? How cool! I did not, I did not know that. So, look, I think it's a good series. I still think the Nuggets are gritty gutty. Uh, Jamal Murray is emerging into a leader. Michael Porter has a lot to offer at 22 years old. I think the Nuggets are going to be vicious for years to come, along with the Suns. That's right, Suns plug. Uh, <laughs> but for now, look, you go down 3 nothing to LeBron, forget about it. It ain't happening, right? You win tonight, you're going to make it a series, right? So pretty interesting. Very similar situation to the Celtics Heat. And now, you know, everybody's talking about did the Celtics make the move? We'll find out. But the same thing about the Nuggets will be said. If they can go out there, put on a good show, play their ball game, and be down two to one, uh, kind of a kind of a huge, huge deal. Topic number seven. Would we like to see the Celtics and Lakers in the NBA Finals? Oh, I would love that. I to me, throwing that old school, I'm like Larry Bird against Matt Johnson. Like, one of those renewed rivalries, I would love to see that again. First of all, it goes back even deeper than that. It's Chamberlain versus Russell. Uh, and Bill Russell was uh, the greatest winner that ever played a team sport. I mean, Russell won, what, 11 championships? Yeah. I don't remember what it was. It's a huge number. Yeah. So this goes back to Russell Chamberlain and Russell owned Chamberlain, even though Chamberlain was a much more dominating figure. But you want to talk about lockdown D? Hello, Bill Russell. But anyway, yeah, I'm with you. Magic Bird, that whole thing. It'll be kind of fun to play that nostalgia. How would you feel about a Heat Denver matchup? Oh, Heat Denver. That's just not very clicking to me because I know it could be lopsided either way. It just doesn't click because what does that go with? I mean, look, from a business perspective, let's look at this from a pure business perspective for the NBA. Uh, they have taken a, a PR hit. There's no doubt about it. Their ratings are at um, uh, a 20, 25-year low. You have less than 5 million people watching these games. There are more people that watch Tucker Carlson on Fox News any given night than any NBA game. Man, it's tough. Uh, something really to think about. So from an NBA perspective, they're saying, look, I need these I need these two markets. I need these two markets. I need Los Angeles and I need Boston. I need those television markets to tune in. That's what ESPN is thinking. That's what NBA is thinking. They'll never come out and say it. But the business within the business, you got it. All right. Let's go to everybody's favorite segment. <laughs> Prediction show to go wrong. Prediction sure to go wrong. You were wrong. Yeah, I was pretty much all wrong. I don't see it. No, I did not get the heat. Uh, wait. No, the one time I predict the heat to win. All right. Here's what we got. We got the Nuggets versus Lakers tomorrow night, Tuesday the 22nd. If you're listening to this on Monday and you better be, we'll come and punch you in the face. Woo! Nuggets versus Lakers. Who you got? I have to say Nuggets. All right. Lakers going up 3 nothing after Tuesday. Heat versus Celtics on Wednesday. Game four, who you got? I don't care if I was wrong with this team. I'm taking the Heat again. 
Yeah. So for me, I'm taking the Celtics. I think they're going to tie it up at two. I'm not really sure. I think the first quarter is going to dictate tomorrow night's game a whole lot. I mean, if uh, if the, the assassin LeBron comes out and he wants to put an end to this series, he certainly has the ability to do so. He could put the Lakers up 20 after the first quarter, and that'll be it from the, the Mark Malone-led Nuggets, right? We'll see. Um, I'd like to see the, the Nuggets make it a series. Um yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna go Lakers going up 3-0. It just, I just, I don't know what it is. Uh, that's just kind of what I'm seeing right now. I think Celtics tie, tie it up at two. I think that's gonna be a knockdown, drag them out series, and 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 all of that. So yeah, it's gonna be a fun Tuesday, Wednesday, and then we're gonna be back at you on day to be determined. It doesn't matter. You know when you get us, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun. Anything else on your noodle that you want to tell the plebes about? Um, just keep, just keep watching the pause because this will be interesting down the stretch to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, uh, you got basketball, right? And that's what everybody wanted. They want live sports back and all of that. Uh, let's hope these series live up to the expectations as, as we prepare to go into the NBA Finals. And, as always, CourtsideHeat.com has all your amazing information on a daily basis. From cutting-edge stories to in-depth articles to the best in social media's products, services, everything that you want to know about rumors and talk of the NBA, you will find it on CourtsideHeat.com. CourtsideHeat.com forward slash store. Holidays are coming. Get yourself something. Get that person in your life that you love something. Drop a little hint. Leave it on their browser. Makari, check out Jamal Murray rookie card. $15 free shipping. Then you're going to find Courtside Heat on there as well. Just amazing stuff. Follow us on our social media at twitter.com forward slash courtside heat, instagram.com forward slash courtside heat MBA, parlor.com forward slash courtside heat, facebook.com forward slash courtside heat, youtube.com forward slash courtside heat. Love YouTube, love Facebook. Man, we got some great Kobe highlight videos over there. We got some great Jordan highlight videos over there. We got some really cool retrospective looks. On the website, we got great Fab Five articles and Andrew Wiggins. and We got lots of really, really cool stuff. And, and I know I'm always kind of pumping those sort of things, but uh, that's just kind of the way it is. Just Josh just got something on about eBay. So who knows? Maybe somebody just bought something on our eBay site. It's eBay, and we have no idea what the store name is because, you know, eBay's old and irrelevant. So buy us eBay. Unless you want to sponsor our show, then we love you, and we'll talk about you all the time. But for next time, anything else? I got nothing. <laughs> Yikes. That was wow. Okay, yeah. Guys. Awesome to be with you. Awesome to spend this time with you. Go out there. Grab your favorite uh, food. Grab your favorite beverage. Watch the games. We'll see you back here next time. We'll see you then. CourtsideHeat.com. Make it a great day, everyone.